0: Welcome to the first episode of the No Ceilings Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Metcalf, and I could not be more excited about what we have going on at No Ceilings, our vision for content creation and draft coverage. And this podcast. Some episodes will dive right in for instant reactions, some will be quick hitters if we have some burning thoughts that can't wait a minute longer, and others I'll start off with an opening from some of our written work which will guide our discussion. For this episode I wanted to cover a position I typically am hesitant to buy in on, the big man. Over the last 20 years no position has experienced as much disruption and skepticism as the center position has. What was once a position of prestige devolved into obsolescence with the advent and proliferation of small ball. Surviving on the perimeter grew from a luxury into a necessity and brought us into the age of unicorns. While that phrase is often misused, misleading, and applied to any seven footer who shows a hint of mobility, We do seem to be entering an era where the center position is flush with versatility and a variety of styles. Few things highlight this idea as much as the juxtaposition of Paulo Bancaro, Chet Holmgren, and Jalen Duran, three of the top prospects for the 2022 NBA draft. Let's get to it. I am honored to welcome this episode's guest. You may know him as the Grand Duke of Gifts, the Merchant of Memes, the Connoisseur of Clips or simply backcourt violation. It is the one and only
1: Tyler Rooker. Tyler, how are you? I'm great, I'm I'm about to be a lot better. I'm very pumped for uh, no ceilings doing our first episode and that list of nicknames, I need to frame that somewhere on the board. (laughs) So thank you very much.
0: You can just go ahead and just add it to any and all business cards as (laughs) as you need. Um, So I, I wanted to have you on this week to cover three guys who I think are rapidly rising to not just first round, not just lottery, but potential top 10, potential top five, if what we saw in their first game really continues to carry over throughout the season. And that's Paulo Banchero Duren, and Duran, and Chad Holmgren, who are three guys who kind of play the same big man center position essentially, but cannot be more different in their styles of play, their body types, how they operate on both ends of the floor. So I wanted to start out with Paolo. He set the world on fire with his awesome debut, battled through cramps, looked awesome on both ends of the floor. So what were your perceptions of him coming into the season? And after that first game, has anything changed drastically one way or the other? Or was it just more so reinforced?
1: You know, I kind of came into this season thinking he was going to be more of like, an outside guy that kind of just floated on the perimeter. There was all this buzz about, you know, you want to see if he was going to be willing to go inside and bang against the bigger guys, take on contact. He also wanted to see if he was going to be able to hold his own as a defender. You know, he's, he's so big at 6'10", 250. And he almost looks bigger on the court. It was, yeah. he was just hilarious to like even think about, but, you know, watching him in that first game, it, it's funny. I'm usually one of those guys, and I've talked to you about it, Ty. Like, I'm usually one of those guys. I take as much time as I possibly can to kind of dissect a prospect or fall in love with them, if you want to say it that way. But mm-hmm. Paulo just like immediately, I was like, okay, I'm I'm <laughs> on board. Like, whoa, just the 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 size, the quickness. Like, I think we talked about it that first spin dribble he had, he ended up missing, but just the fact, like you could see the footwork explosion right away. He's going to be tough to not have number one. And, you know, there's these couple of guys we're going to talk about are, I think are all going to be having their own special taste of potentially climbing up the boards in a hurry. Um, Like you said, they're all so different and so special and unique ways, but I just think Paulo, he's probably right now trending towards number one for me, and I'm not yeah. a big, board guy early in the year. But I would say right now I'd probably put him up there just because the offensive versatility he has, I mean, he could become just a nightmare at the next level.
0: Yeah, so I, I wrote about him going in or before he had played a game, and two of my biggest concerns were the lack of physical he used in high school and AAU coming in to college. Um, he seemed to just kind of coast and go through the motions and not really look to really impose himself against guys throughout an entire game. There'd be possessions. And then the other one was his defensive processing speed, where he always seemed to be a step behind. And again, just kind of going through the motions. And, you know, we've seen guys who are these freak athletic, who have these freak athletic attributes, just take it easy because everything is so much easier for them from a physical standpoint. All of those concerns for me were immediately doused, especially yeah. in that first game, because I we saw Paulo tagging rollers and recovering to shooters and jumping passing lanes and making weak side rotations. I'm just like, where was all of this through high school? It's just like, it's really encouraging for me to just have that, hope that okay he's going through the motions at this lower level because he is at this lower level these games are blowouts he's playing some of these games are against 16 year olds who are the size of his right leg and he's just trying shit out there basically and experimenting and then to see the what he had been experimenting immediately translate mm-hmm. on the biggest immediate stage that it could for him it was incredible and the way he operated from the mid range for me was something I'm not, I can't really remember from a recent freshman and he was just so comfortable with those jab step series and his, like you mentioned on that spin move, that footwork and his pull up was really smooth from that area. Do you think that he's going to be able to in the long run, um, really expand that out to the three point line where he's operating and, initiating the offense or his scoring sets from behind the three-point line and he's an actual threat from out there the couple shots we saw him take from three they were bad misses but they weren't bad shots necessarily right so i'm a little more hesitant to buy in on the shot right now but the way he operated in the mid-range how do you see that kind of projecting and pushing out
1: yeah, I mean the the mid-range was just gorgeous. I mean, you I immediately was like, "Okay, they need to just have a play call where they just give him the ball on the elbow and let him go to work because it was just smooth. The shot from like mid-range was beautiful. Um he just looks like he's going to be an absolute weapon with like his footwork and hesitations and like that size. You know, it was weird. I, I'm like, you the outside shot wasn't fallen, but I thought he was going to be more determined to try to prove it. And I actually mm-hmm. liked that he wasn't like settling for it all the time. Yeah. He was kind of like, Hey, no, let me be patient. Let the offense flow. Sometimes. let me." he tried to attack a couple of times, like let the play keep going on. He didn't really like try to force the issue. So yeah, I think the shot just because of the, you know, I'm not a shot doctor, but like it, it right. was promising. It looked great. It was smooth. It was fluid. So I think, With time, that'll, you know, develop and get out towards three-point range. And if that does come around consistently, then you're just talking about just a terrifying threat for the NBA level, just with what he can do in his versatility. And, you know, I kind of thought this, too, throughout the game was – you know, his assist numbers weren't obviously high, but I thought his decision-making stood out to me. Like, he mm-hmm. knew where to go and transition. Like, okay, the ball should go here. He made some quick reads. Like, he was willing to move the ball. He was willing to understand, like, where the defense is and where I should go with this pass. So, yeah, he just kept checking boxes, and I, w- I was thoroughly impressed. And, I mean, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm logged into every game now I possibly can. <laughs>
0: So the, the the whole point of, I guess, from our standpoint with no ceilings is really analyzing these guys at these lower levels to see how it will end up projecting to the ultimate NBA level and how impactful that can be. Because it's so different for all these guys and everyone's developmental curve and role and all of that ends up being so drastically different than we thought when they were 17, 18 years old. So given Paulo's impression on that first night and his ability to operate from the mid-range, the defensive improvements, if they are legitimate improvements, how do you see him fitting into an NBA rotation? Do you think he'll be more of this primary, maybe even initiator or secondary wing initiator or or more of like a small ball five or even just a kind of typical modern power forward?
1: I wish he would would be a modern power forward because I miss the two twin tower era. I used to love having centers and power forwards that were giants. He'll probably just eventually be a small ball five just because you're going to have a potential advantage on a nightly basis with his quickness and his size. Um, I think teams will be just fascinated to have that type of threat that can immediately space the floor. And, um, you know... It's funny, I, I, you brought up a couple interesting points that I, I keep forgetting to dive into. About. This is kind of why I never obsess over high school film. I think <laughs> high school film is always really interesting to get kind of like a vibe of what a player could yeah. be, but it's like you said, and it's I've talked to Nathan before on Draft Deeper, like, s- these guys know <laughs> they're going to be the best athlete when yeah. they're playing in high school. They know that they're going to be able to get away with stuff, like, that's why I, I don't focus too much on when these guys are taking plays off defensively in high school, because they're probably guilty of thinking like this guy's not going to blow by me. And then, okay, maybe they make a couple errors, but when you get to that college level, you got to be ready to roll. And I think a lot of these kids understand that of like, I can't take plays off. These guys are the, the playing field is level now. You know, I'm, I might not be as great of an advantage or an athlete as I was in the high school level. So I think you see that pretty quickly with these first couple of weeks of college games. And I think we're going to see that, but like you said, from Paulo's first game transition, looked great, he looked fantastic on the biggest stage. And um, yeah, I, I just think he's going to potentially be like a primary guy that you could kind of feed and run the offense through. And I, and I well, I'll, I got a question for you, Tyler. I'm going off bat now. Um, do you think – because I know you watch the Timberwolves. Do you think he could be mm-hmm. kind of like how they use Towns with like kind of using him on the perimeter and stuff? Or do you think Carl – like I love Cat. I absolutely yeah. love him. Um, Do you think he's probably a little bit more advanced with what you can run the offense through than like someone potentially like Paulo? That, that's tough. I'm throwing heavy ones at you. Throwing- nice. <laughs> um, well, so and the
0: biggest difference between those two guys, obviously, is the shooting, yeah, our 100%. proficiency. So I think to really do that, Paolo's three pointer, he's not gonna, he doesn't have to be cat levels because very few from the center position have ever been that good of a shooter, right? Uh, if he can get into the high thirties at a consistent rate and kind of doing different things like the the occasional step back, the occasional pick and roll pull up, I I think that really leads to a lot more of what he could do offensively as that initiator instead of just a mid-range operator where you just kind of have someone else initiate the offense, you run Paulo off a down screen and have him operate and initiate from the elbow. Because mm-hmm. that's kind of what we saw a lot of in that their first game, and he was awesome at yeah. that. So if he's able to back that up about 10 feet, the ball handling is a little tighter, which I expect it eventually to be. I definitely think that being that, that small ball offensive initiator type role is absolutely in his future. I think to really solidify that role though, is he has to show extended stretches of legitimate defense. Mm -hmm. And the first game was an awesome start. I loved it. It, it it didn't seem fluky. There were a couple times he got caught ball watching, but it, for him to really be that small ball center in the NBA, he's got to prove that he can protect the rim and not, you know, at Chet levels or Jalen Duran levels, but good enough where teams aren't just going to feast against them. Right, right. I, I completely agree. Yeah. So speaking of incredible rim protection and <laughs> always being the best athlete on the floor. Jalen duran holy shit um, yeah <laughs> uh, so i was a little worried about him coming out of high school because he he reclassified up a year um and the vast majority of what he did in high school was overpowering guys and really just being that freak bull athlete that he is and i was worried that it wouldn't translate as well um obviously it would to some extent because freak athletes always translate to some extent but again i know it's just against tennessee tech but he put on a show and Mm -hmm. it was almost once once a minute he had me just dropping out oh good lord where he's swatting guy shots into the fourth row or switching a pick and roll and blocking a pull-up three everything he did was so impressive to me um similar to Paulo did anything or how did you view him coming into the season and were those reaffirmed change
1: based on that first game it, it was funny we we're talking about high school film I think I watched five minutes of Jalen and I was like okay I got it like he yeah. just was so much stronger like was the best athlete mm-hmm. every game was just dunking on every I mean it was it looked like Dwight Howard in his prime playing in high school it was just absurd so I was like quickly I was like okay I've seen enough I just need to see if you can do it in college and you know yeah it it was against Tennessee Tech but he showed exactly what we saw in high school and it's kind of one of those like good lord like you said every time he does something you're just like jaw dropped you're picking it off the ground so I think if he keeps doing this type of stuff, why couldn't he be in that top three conversation? Because you're talking about this freak of nature. I mean, he's built like a, a Greek God and he just jumps higher at everyone. He dunks everything in the world. He blocks everything in the world. You know, if he's putting up big numbers, I don't understand why he couldn't seriously just have a hype train, like out of control. Because teams are going to be just drooling over the two-way potential. Even if, you know, we're, we're going to need to see if he can showcase some potential as like a outside shot or mm-hmm. have a little bit of versatility. Because I think right now, you know what he is. He's just, if he gets anywhere near the hoop, he's going to dunk the shit out of the ball. And right um, he's going to offer a great rim protection with his explosiveness. But he's pretty much what I thought. And I, I just... The moment I watched him in high school, I was like, if he can do that stuff against college guys, I mean, everyone's going to be drooling. So I'm going to be interested to watch him just like that first game. They play someone notable and I'm mm-hmm. all respect to Tennessee Tech, but when they play <laughs> someone tough and Duran has a night like that. I mean, the world, the draft world's going to explode because he's just a freak. You know, he 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 looks like Dwight when he plays, like Dwight in Orlando. That's what he plays like. So I don't know what I mean. What did you think? Are you starting to drink the Kool Aid yet? I, I know you're. I saw your tweet about like, yeah. good lord and stuff, but <laughs> um, just drooling. I don't know. It's tough to not get excited about him.
0: It it, it really is. And I I came in to this season really skeptical because. I saw some people calling him the next Patrick Ewing or Dwight Howard and all the, like, why are we comparing a 17 year old to a hall of famers? Like, I, I just hate when people do that. So I yeah. just inherently push back. It's like mm. overhyped, not going to do it. And that, that's not fair to him. I did seen him play against a couple 14 and 15 year olds. right? right. Um, <laughs> so it's like, I, what, what do I know? I, I know that this kid is a freak athlete. I know that he loves tossing shots into the upper deck uh when he blocks them, and he'll dunk the ever-living daylights out of the ball um he was so impressive defensively Mm
1: -hmm. and
0: that was the biggest thing that i took away from that he is a legitimate college like a really good college defense's cornerstone where, and he's 17, 18, I, I don't know exact his exact age, but he should be a senior in high school right now. And right, he's right, proving, that's the
1: biggest thing that I think we're overlooking.
0: Yeah, and, and he's proving already, and it's not just, yes, the athleticism allows him to do so much of it, but there's also a lot of, a really high cerebral understanding of when he needs to rotate and when to switch out on guys, and when he does switch onto a guard, he actually gets in a defensive stance and flips his hips and moves his feet, and like perfectly knows the length of his wingspan. So he's not getting too close or too far from guys. So when they do pull up, he can actually contest and even block it. Sometimes it was just so impressive on that end of the floor from every aspect. My biggest concern is can his offense be good enough to really warrant that top five, maybe even top 10 pick because I I have zero questions about the defense really at this point. I was a little underwhelmed with the offense I and mean, the offensive rebounding was incredible. And the putback dunks, no one could stop him. Uh when he slides in from the dunker spot for just, and immediately elevates. He's unstoppable. He tends to, di- I'm, I'm going to nitpick like crazy here. No, uh, that's but, what we <laughs> should
1: do. I mean, I'm uh-huh. serious. That's what I, I think w- yeah. what needs to happen.
0: Uh, but every, I'm really underwhelmed with his hands uh mm-hmm. I, which, is like deal, which is a big deal which is a lot deal. of stuff yeah and every time he catches a ball he immediately brings it down below his waist and we saw him get stripped a couple times um imani bates had this beautiful drive and wrap around one-handed pass to him that he brought down to his waist before loading up and tennessee tech's like 510 point guard just poked it off of his hands so just little stuff like that concerns me i you know it's a young kid doing young kid things. So I, it's not uncorrectable. Um, I was really impressed with his passing vision, uh, especially finding cutters when he was in the post, but I'm really underwhelmed by the shot too. So I'm a little has I'm more hesitant on Duran than Paulo and Chet to get into that top five. But if that offense shows any improvement, I'm willing to listen for that range what how did you view his offense kind of coming in and after that game and do you have any like glaring
1: concerns or just like little things here and there yeah i i think you're spot on you know i think the outside shot when even when i saw in high school i was like it's gonna need some work it's gonna need to sell some teams now i'm not saying that can't come around you know Bam Adebayo was a guy that it, mm-hmm. he showed some flashes in college and it came around um, the Duran, if, if he could showcase that there's just even potential and maybe it's not in games, maybe it's throughout the year scouts see him in practice and they like what they see. And that's where he starts the buzz. But I think it's got a long way to go because right now he's just this dominant inside force. That's like, if he gets the ball anywhere near close or it's, you know, off a dump off or an offensive rebound, like he's gonna be able to dunk it. And I'm like, you, I don't know if if the shot never comes around. Where do you feel great about taking him? Like, are you in that fit? Will probably be everything because it's gonna mm-hmm. be like we don't need him to score. We just need him to dominate the boards and defense. Okay, he might be able to do that, but. With bigs, I, I don't know what you do, Ty, when you're scouting guys, but with bigs, the first thing I look at is hands and feet. And then yeah. I kind of piece everything else together. And if you have bad hands, I mean, that's a big concern. It, it's like everything we just talked about with Duran of how much we love him and are intrigued by him, the negatives or the concerns right now are just as high. Because, I mean, if, you, if you're going to struggle to catch, you know, dump-offs from bullet passes, like, tight windows from NBA point guards, they're going to stop passing you the ball. You know, like Yeah. Kyrie exactly. Irving ain't going to live with that or something, but, um and it, you know, the feet need to be good, but I I'm like you, I think he's going to have to show a little bit more offensive versatility before I'm going to be like, okay, he deserves to be a top five pick because there's going to be a lot of guys in this class, as you can yeah. already tell that are going to be worthy of top five picks. So, I don't know. I'm. It's early with him. I think Mm -hmm. right away I was like, you have my attention, Um, but now I need to kind of see how he's going to progress. And I won't be surprised if he has a lot of 15.15 rebound games where he's got three blocks, but it's like we need to see him not just dunk everything in the world. We need to see can he become something a little more. Yeah, I, I think that's a perfect way to put it. I,
0: I would like to see a little more finesse out of him mm-hmm. um, because I'm, he's out. the power is there. The strength is there. All of that is there. It's evident. Can he do anything else? Can he mm-hmm. counter that when the opposing team matches him in power and strength? Um, so historically, I've always been super hesitant to buy in fully on big men because I think it's, in the last 10, 20 years that it has been kind of, you you can find replacement level value at that spot, obviously depending where you, how, or how you construct the rest of your team. So to really pop and get into that top five, top 10 for me, I need these guys to be these two-way versatile, incredible players like an Anthony Davis, Carl Anthony Towns, Evan Mobley, et cetera. But like, it's so rare for me to have those guys in there that's where I get hesitant with Duran. And then I always have to come back to, he should be in high school. So how do you, what? what's your historical kind of view on centers with how you look at them? I know you mentioned you always look at hands and feet first. And I, I love that. I'm a huge footwork guy at all levels, um, especially perimeter defense, but there'll be a future episode. Um, But how do you usually judge these centers who are these freak athletes who we we've seen a lot of and have yet to really show that finesse game or that, that other layer to their game.
1: Yeah. I, I, it's a dangerous world. You know, I'm like you, I usually, usually very cautious when you're evaluating an athletic big because it's kind of what we were talking about earlier where high school ranks, you were the most dominant athlete. Then you go to college, if you're ten and you can jump out of the gym, you're probably going to be one of the more dominant athletes there. But every time you go up, the athletes get better. And mm-hmm. I feel like you, there's a history of these athletes that they show a lot in college and they go to the MBA you're going up against guys like DeAndre Jordan and, you know, Towns. And it's like, those guys can hang with you. You have to have something else to bring to the table. Right. So I'm always, you know, the athleticism is when I'm evaluating centers, it's pretty quick to check off. You're like, all right, he's a good athlete. Check. (laughs) 6'10", 6'11", he's a great athlete. He can block shots. He can contest at the top of most guys' verticals. Like, I get it. But I'm always trying to carve out the finer details with bigs because like i'm like you you gotta sell me that you can be a contributing piece like not an athletic freak but i'm just off the top of my head Daron sharp last year mm-hmm. um really raw was one of those guys i kind of had like late second or early second late first and i kept watching him and i was like The big boy, strong, good frame, raw shot that looked like it had some upside, really relentless on the boards. So I was like, okay, what's the what's the next skill that could get you to get my curiosity? And it was like the passing. I thought some passing Mm -hmm. playmaking potential was waiting to come out. So it's just like guys like that, you have to keep going through the skills. Like, okay, where's the next step of his game that he can unlock? Is it as a potential shooter? Um, And then also with these athletic freaks, like you have to, it sounds stupid, but like I go to the free throw percentage right away. Like if you're an athletic freak and you're getting fouled and you're going to go shoot 60% from the line, that's, that's a tough one, (laughs) especially if you don't have an outside game. So I don't know. I'm like you, though. I'm really cautious. It it seems like it's almost with how the game's translating and you have to be able to guard multiple positions. You have to be able to not be a liability defensively. But it's also like you have to find those little areas where it's like, okay, if they could take steps in that part of their game, then they're becoming a more well-rounded player. Because I'm like you, you could usually find guys that will – be serviceable bigs around mm-hmm. the league, you know, like the Nerlens Noels and or, yep. or stuff like that. So,
0: yeah. So I, you kind of you hinted at it as what is that second skill that you're going to unlock? What is that counter to the opposition when looking at Duran and how he, how his future projects in the NBA, where the defense will be there. The athleticism will be there. Everyone understands that, but that, that kind of limits him to a specific role and one that not, that doesn't necessarily scream top three, top five upside. So for you, what is the, I don't know, easiest or most logical second skill or second attribute for him to really unlock or show that he's developing that can make him a little more versatile or a little more reliable to be like a a franchise's franchise center.
1: I mean, I think he's going to be a defensive guy right away. Mm -hmm. So I'm not too worried about that. Like you said, he's shown some great flashes of just anticipation and instincts. And I think he's going to be fine there. I would probably say passing. Um, I think shooting's the easy answer because like, Yeah. yeah, if he could space the floor, that makes him, just completely dangerous. But I think the shot's going to take some time. Um, if he could showcase just understanding with decision-making as like a passer, you know, cause he's going to get doubled. Yep. If he shows some signs that, you know, he won't panic when he's getting doubled and he can make the right reads that checks is a big box in a hurry for me. Cause like when I see guys that get erratic when they get doubled, then I'm like, okay, that's something you got to watch. Like, but I would probably say passing, just if he could be a guy that, yeah, he, his outside shot might not be there as a rookie, but you could put him on the floor and he can understand where the ball needs to go, keep the offense flowing while also making a minimal act, like impact on the other aspects of the game. Like, you know, Robert Williams, I thought was a guy that when he was drafted was kind of a similar athletic freak. He fell because I don't think a lot of teams were, I mean, obviously the medical history, but mm-hmm. a lot of teams probably weren't convinced that the rest of the offensive game was going to come around, but he's developed into a fantastic passer and yeah. he just does a lot of things on the floor that, you know, might not show up every night in the box scores, but that's probably Duren's impact, you know, and maybe a team sells themselves on like he could fit and become that type of player but with that limited strengths, if you want to put it that way, it makes the fit in the draft, everything it makes, because yeah. I don't think you're like you saying, I don't think you're going to find a team. That's just in the top five. That's like, we're drafting them to be a superstar center. Cause it's just like right. teams are going to be like, no, we rather have a wing that could help us on both sides of the floor and make impacts other ways. Like, it'll be interesting. I, I went into the year thinking he was going to be the most fascinating evaluation and i still think like his stock is going to be just amazing to watch throughout the entire year because i could see people hyping him the whole year i could see that train getting out of you know out of control but i also think it's going to be just a fantastic evaluation
0: yeah and and the the dwight howard comp you've brought him up a couple times that's already been all over social media with everyone saying that he looks like baby dwight um i i think the bam atabayo route is a little more tenable for him long term Mm -hmm. and makes a little more sense and that's where that passing that you mentioned comes into play and he i harped on his hands a little earlier uh i there was a play earlier or in against tennessee tech where he got the ball on the left block. I believe they were in a 1-3-1 zone. Guy in the middle collapsed on him to double, and he immediately turned over his shoulder and fired to the cutter on the opposite block for an easy layup. And it was just a really impressive, like, oh, that was that was quick. That was decisive. That's right, exactly right. what you want when the defense collapses on you. So I just that, I thought that was a great sign for him going forward because if uh, Imani keeps shooting like he did against Tennessee Tech – he's going to draw a ton of attention and that will open up lanes for Durant to kind of attack on that short roll, almost in a Draymond fashion. And if he can show that he can kick it out out of the short roll or create a little bounce pass or stuff like that, just quick decision-making, I think you're totally right. And, that being his best route to really make an offensive impact that's not just offensive rebounding or just sitting in the dunker spot or just being that vertical spacer, even though those are obviously valuable traits to bring to the table.
1: Yeah. And going off that play you're talking about, I think it's more impressive when a guy, you could tell when a guy sees it open and when a guy knows where the ball should go. Yeah. And I feel like when you see a big man that's raw like that, that just in his mind, he's like sees the defender and he's like, he's there. That means that you go here. That just is like, Whoa. Oh yes. Like you get so excited mm-hmm. as an evaluator and it's a little different when you, when the big guy sees it, looks around. And then all of a sudden it's like, Oh, that guy's open. Like cause <laughs> if you can understand where the ball is supposed to go rapidly, that gets you really excited. Cause then you're like, okay, his, his instincts and understanding and awareness are there. Yeah. He just needs more time to showcase it on a bigger sample.
0: Yeah. So speaking of two-way versatility. Oh and boy, here we go. <laughs> what do we do with Chet? Because Alo and Jalen Duran are these physical monsters. And I guess Chet is, but in his own unique way where he is the complete inverse of what the previous two guys look like he's rail thin. He I'm, you know, there are times I'm afraid he's going to snap in half running up and down the court. Um, I me really too. hope he drank his milk as a kid, but he battles just as hard, if not harder than either of those guys. And just because he's skinny and scrawny and doesn't look the part, he plays with a physicality that really surprised me the first time I watched him. And he, just his self-awareness in how he plays and what his body is and what that allows him to do, I thought was really impressive. So did you view him as just the skinny guy who can shoot from outside and the next Bowl Bowl or Kristaps Porzingis, or did you see him as more of a legitimate two-way center who can really protect the rim at a high level and space the floor on offense? Um, and was any of that changed after their first first game,
1: you know, I, I went into, I've talked to Corey about this in Albert on the draft deck, but he's one of the scariest evaluations I've ever mm-hmm. like participated in or had to do in my entire life. Um, cause just everything you see about him, you're like, no, this shouldn't work. <laughs> and I went in just t- horrified getting prepared for college basketball But every time I watch him, he does something that just I'm in awe of. And it's all over the place because he's so skinny. You know, I think they have him listed around 190. There's no Mm -hmm. way he's 190. No. Um, But you go watch like U19, he just jumped at me because I just said every time I watched him, I was like, he just does something every game that I'm just so impressed with. And it's the competitiveness. He's thin framed. He's going to get. Everyone's going to try to go at him because they see how skinny he is. They're going to okay. test them. So I jokingly was like, if he survives this year without getting injured, then I'm sold. He's going to be fine the rest of his career <laughs> on the basketball court. But, you know, he just keeps, keeps surprising me every game. And he keeps doing stuff that I thought he was going to be this Porzingis guy. Like you just hinted where he just bombed away. And it's more of like, he's not afraid to go right at people. He doesn't care if they're bigger he's relentless as a shot blocker. I mean, mm-hmm. he's just absolutely special and it's not just because of his size. Like it's because of his instincts and awareness yep. and knowing where to be. He just, it's so weird. It's just yeah. creepy and weird. <laughs> Cause I'm like, it shouldn't work. And it just does. He just dominates. He plays beautiful, he's got that passion that he's not going to back down from anyone. I, I don't know. I mean, how are you feeling? I just, it's hard to like put a right finger on it because it, it's just so strange, but it, <laughs> it's gorgeous when you watch him.
0: Yeah. So I, I, I'm at a point where I'm fine having him number one. I I think that upside and that just like you, that weirdness is really special. And you mentioned his rim protection instincts and Jalen Duran has excellent rim protection instincts, but they're completely different from what Chet does where mm-hmm. I, I think it, it may have been in the Mike Schmidt's film breakdown with him where he just flat out said, he's like, I, I know that I don't have to block every shot. I just mm-hmm. have to get in the way and disrupt it. And when you really watch him and how he stays vertical on every shot at the rim, it's like, Oh, shit. Yeah. Like you have incredible understanding of how long you are and how difficult it is to get a shot over those limbs. And he just so rarely swipes down erratically. He just, he doesn't chase blocks. He stays vertical and his ball tracking ability in those situations is incredible. Cause once the attacker, the, the guy taking the shot extends the ball, that's when he goes for it and he always takes it away. And it just thinking about trying to score on him at the rim seems like an absolute nightmare because you look at him, you're like, ah, I'll just plant my shoulder in him, back him up five feet, and toss it in. And you may move him, but he will recover immediately. He will never stop. There's a play against uh Dixie State, I believe that's who they played, um, where you know their centers six, nine. 220 or something puts his shoulder backs chet up you know a couple feet puts him under the rim and nine times out of ten that's an easy layup for the guy the guy goes up chet's already there and with two hands corrals it tips it back out to his guy and they start the fast break so while duran you know has these highlight blocks where he's swatting it into the stands chet's ability to really control his blocks I think is really unique and just a sense of awareness and skill and touch for someone his age that I think is really, really special and really rare.
1: Yeah, I I think you said the best word about Chet and it's understanding. He just has this understanding of, it's one of these things that when you watch a prospect, it's so hard to explain, but like. The only other guy I could think of in a completely different position, and I know people think I'm crazy when they hear this, but like- Good start. Yeah, exactly. I'm off, <laughs> I'm off to a good start. But um, Tyrese Halliburton was a guy like that mm. for me. Yeah. When I watched him in college, and it's, it's an understanding of, I can make an impact without getting a stat. And it's yep. like, Chet knows I don't have to block that shot but I'm going to make his life miserable with trying to make it. And most guys I think would stay straight up Chet knows like I can angle myself in a specific like position that it's going to make it way harder than normal. If I was just straight mm-hmm. up, it's just like the, the play where he had the rejection and immediately caught the ball and just looked up and threw that a full court pass. dime. Yeah, that was I mean, it's just stuff like that where, You know, we're talking about Duran, this physical freak that's a little limited. I think Chet just has so many areas he can impact the game. And that's what just keeps making him so special because he knows, he understands like every night the opposing or opposing big man is probably going to be like, screw you guys, feed me the ball. This dude is skinny. I'm going to dominate him. And Chet's like, yeah, I know that's what you're thinking, <laughs> yeah. but I'm going to block five shots. And it, it happens every time. And then, I don't know, his IQ and awareness just continue to wow me every game. And I think that's the, that's the part of his game, I think, that's going to sell me the most throughout the year is I'm just going to be sold on... He doesn't need to score 20. He's going mm-hmm. to... Be this guy that just does so many things on the court that's going to make the rest of your team better.
0: And even though he may not score 20 a night, he's certainly capable of it. Oh, 100%. That's he's... what's even better. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not this traditional, powerful post game like we saw from Duren. And it goes back to Chet's self-awareness of he knows exactly who he is as a post player. And he's not going to try and overpower a guy in the post. He's going to Get him wrong footed and spin the other way and toss up a floater. His arms go on for miles, so he just has to get close enough and he's laying it in. He's not the same shooter, I don't think, as like a Bull Bull or Kristaps, but it's a legitimate weapon. And how do you see his offensive game? really translating to the nba or at least evolving throughout this college season and giving us kind of a hint of what type of player he could be in the nba i know i think it was on the draft deck over the summer that you were like "Hmm, is he a small forward could we experiment with that are you still thinking that could be a possibility or more of just like a, a five out offensive center
1: amazing that you called me out on a way old episode. This is awesome. Cause I was just like, in my head, I was like, whoa, okay. Um, no, but that was like a weird, weird hot take I had was I was like, it is he more of a perimeter guy? And that's why I threw out the small forward. I was like, is he going to be more of a perimeter guy on offense that you're kind of like, he does so many things that maybe you're playing him out there. I don't know. I think he's just one of those Swiss army knives that he kind of doesn't have, like, he knows he doesn't have to chuck up a bunch of shots. He's really efficient. You know, I, I'm not looking out of me. I think he went four for six his first game, but like something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think he knows, like, I don't have to bomb threes. Um, I can attack. I know where to, you know, find lapses in the defense he also understands if he attacks and gets a couple buckets, then he can spread the floor and make him you know just confuse a defense with his outside shot. there's just this maturity if you want to put it that way of understanding how to get the right shots. he doesn't need to force and with someone that size, I mean it just makes him so lethal and so dangerous and you know, you talked earlier about having Chet one. I, I, I don't think I think it's going to be just a battle back all year. Like I watched Paulo, and I was like, oh, number one. And then you just <laughs> every time you watch Chet, you're just like, oh, this kid's so special. God, <laughs> so I, I just think you're going to go back and forth all year. And you know, it's 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 a, it's trending to be one of those rare situations where I'm just going to be like, yeah, if you want Chet one, fine. If you want Paulo one. Absolutely. I get both sides of it, but I don't know. I, I It's going to be – I want to see throughout the year how Gonzaga uses him with Timmy because mm-hmm. I want to see if they're like, hey, we're going to try to play him more post looks or we're just going to throw him ball on the perimeter and let him go to work because I think he can do a little bit of everything, but I just want to see – what they're thinking of like, that's where Chet's going to be at his best because he, he has the handles on the perimeter to be kind of a, a unique weapon. Mm-hmm. I just think he's going to need to get a little tight with, with those handles. Yeah. I think he bring the ball out a little bit and you understand that with his size and his length, but he also can do some stuff where you know he's on transition. He goes behind the back, and you're like, "Excuse me, what just happened? Did I just see that?" You kind of look around the room, like, "Did anyone else just see what I saw?" So, is he allowed to do that? Yeah, was that legal? <laughs> um, what do you What do you think, Ty? Or do you think he's just this, like, play him down low and kind of let him also roam the perimeter, like Porzingis? Do you think you can just kind of give him the ball and let him figure it out? I, I it's just so fascinating to me. Yeah. I have no idea what the like. I don't. I think you can be a guy where you just feed him the ball and be like, run the offense. Yeah,
0: yeah. So, you know, so that's where I'm at. And yeah. I, I think out of all three of these guys, I think he is the least fit dependent. Um, and it's I, a good I, way I think to put pa- it. I, 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 agree. I, I think Apollo yeah. is really close there with him. Um, but I, I think if you want to play Chet at your five and play a five out system you can do that he can initiate in transition he can run an inverted pick and roll um if you want him to have just flash cut from the baseline to the free throw line and create out of the elbow feeding cutters or shooters he can do that um if you want to post him up he can you know face up rip through spin back the other way and drop in a floater so I think it's whatever your offensive system is. I think he's going to be pretty seamless to plug and play. Um, Especially if you have shooters around him or guys who really move off ball. Um, You know, I, there, there's no chance they have a shot at him this year, but like just imagining him in golden States offense with how they move off ball and oh, gosh. just S- Steph Curry running off that down screen and, chat at the top of the key reading you know you you've said it multiple times but just that awareness that basketball iq and like halliburton where he just knows the right thing to do Mm -hmm. um i i i really don't have any concerns and the fact that he came into college not relying on being this physically dominant post-up player is really encouraging to me because if you know, the majority of his shot attempts were him trying to back guys down and just finish over the top of them every time. I'd be like, oh, this is this is going to be more of a struggle. This is going to be I more agree. of an uphill I agree. battle.
1: I do the same way. Yeah.
0: But the fact that he was facing up and knocking down fadeaways or, you know, doing rip throughs and spin backs or just running that inverter pick and roller pulling up in transition is like this dude can just do a little bit of everything. And he's not going to try and do stuff that he knows he can't do. Mm-hmm. Um so I, I really think that it's just he's going to be one of those guys where it's just here's the ball, go figure it out, go have fun.
1: Yeah, it, it's funny you just said that, and it's I it's, feel like it's going to be a statement that sits in my head all year. He does seem like a guy that any team would just be like, he's going to fit. He's yep. gonna he's gonna work with our system no matter what. And that should be the number one guy like that's that's what you should have in a number one pick is no matter what offense we're running, he's going to make an impact some way or another. And I do think, you know, I think Chet's the type of guy that like, even if you had a really good center, you could play him at the four and he's going to be able to make, you know, high low passes, he's going to make an impact that way. You could play him at the five. He's gonna make the offense run with his awareness and just understanding of where to go to the ball. Because it's it's like you said, he just like Hal he knows where the ball's gonna go. Like hockey assist guys. I wish we just tracked hockey assist because I think it's so awesome when guys yep. are like, no, the ball's supposed to go there because it's supposed to go to the next place. Like, I think exactly what you said. Chet just looks like one of those guys. You're gonna plug him in and just have fun if you're a coach you're just gonna be like i'm gonna do so many things with this guy on offense you know we're gonna post him up and run actions away from the ball we're gonna have him on the perimeter and just he just seems like the swiss army knife prospect that is gonna just be awesome to keep watching throughout the whole year yeah i i think that really
0: sums it up so and it kind of sounds like i i i moved you off apollo at one there now you think he sucks and that he doesn't fit no, M- no, M- no 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 t-
1: <laughs> no well, I, no you know what i was just saying i was getting at is no i know i think paulo is just you're gonna have to figure out i don't know how to phrase it like paulo i i think he's gonna be another guy that just transitions well because you're gonna know Same. what you're getting yeah. with him but I do think Chet just has that more versatility right now. That's obvious with like his passing, his shot blocking. You're getting the big man Swiss army knife. The only thing I've ever had a concern with Chet is the frame. And if the frame holds up this whole year with what he's going to be getting on a nightly basis from guys being like, no, I'm going to post them up and try to be way physical with them. Like Chet holds up. I have no concerns because but it's just weird because I keep, I'm like you, I keep waiting for him to snap. Like I joke. I'm like, could someone give him a steak please? Like, but um, I don't know. I think Paulo will probably be towards number one for me just because the size and the advantage you'd have with his offensive firepower could be just terrifying, but Mm -hmm. Chet's just special and fun.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, I I think that's a good place to wrap it up on these three guys. Uh, What I want to start doing is ending every episode with what's the best performance you saw this week. It doesn't have to be one of these three guys. It can be college, NBA, a whole game, a player streak or performance, whatever. In the basketball world, what was the best thing you saw recently?
1: You know, I can't think of a single-handed like player performance. Um, obviously Steph Curry does some fun stuff. I just I'm fascinated with the team. I'm fascinated with the Warriors right now. I um, you know, they're 10 and one. Um they're just like Jordan Poole has taken this leap that I was not seeing him taking yeah. a leap like this. He's become quickly like most improved player of the year candidate he's probably up in that discussion if you could ever catch john morant which i don't know if anyone will but you know i just think the warriors are fantastic they're getting so much contribution like they just always find these guys that come to the warriors and fit perfectly with their system and understand like the b elite says they get gary payton finally just sticks somewhere after he's been clawing in the g league and then you know if clay comes back and is even like 75 percent they're just going to be terrifying so i don't know i i just i'm really intrigued to keep watching the warriors um i know they got some notable challenges coming up i think they're supposed to play the bulls with obviously Vucevic mm-hmm. just out which is going to be a buzzkill but what about you i mean give me a single performance that you've been watching Uh, i i'm gonna have to be
0: a homer i'm gonna have to go with anthony edwards against the the aforementioned golden state warriors uh don't look at what the rest of the team did don't don't (laughs) don't even bother looking at the final score it's not worth it just go look up anthony edwards's highlights watch him drop 48 on the number one team in the league right now and the way he's just continuing to evolve is just so crazy to me and And he's in constant attack mode and finishing around the rim. His strength is absurd. When the shot is falling, he's one of the best scorers in the league already. Um, 48 points, career high against the Golden State Warriors. Love it.
1: No, I I agree with, I think, you know, I'm not going to toot my own horn because there's (laughs) there's a lot of LaMelo, you know, army out there. But I had him one. Um, I overthought it. Yeah, I, it was one of those weird things. I got to the point where I was like, "Am I over?" and then I just said no. And it was early, and yeah. I was like, "I'm staying with this all year" because it was just the 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 age, how raw he was, how he reclassified. He was younger, and then just the frame and the explosiveness and the confidence. Like, it was awesome to see him the second half of his rookie year come on. Yeah. And I thought he was a guy that, like, a full offseason. I was just like, he's going to just tear the league apart if he takes that step, if he started to take a step. And then right out of the gate in this year, you're kind of like, oh, boy, here it comes. And, you know, dropping 48, I mean, against the team like the Warriors, like Minnesota's got a a dog that is going to be a superstar in this league. And – I continue to think that he has the potential to be just an absolute demon defensively. So I I think he's going to be one of these guys that's just going to turn into one of the, you know, I know he's a rising star, but I'm saying, I think he could just be like a face of the league if he keeps trending like this. Cause he has, you know, he has that personality. He plays the game with just tenacity. I I love everything about Ant-Man.
0: Well, the Timberwolves Nation certainly needed a little pick-me-up, so I I, I appreciate that. I'll send through your payment uh, shortly once we log off here. Appreciate um, t- it, Tyler. Please plug away. Tell our lovely audience where they can find
1: you, what to keep an eye on. Have at it. Uh, we're at No Ceilings NBA. Yes, you know, g- jump on jump on the bandwagon. It's going to be a hype train out of control, just like Jalen Duren probably. But. Um, No, I'm at No Ceilings. I'm at Backcourt Violation at Backcourt V on social media. I'm really pumped for the team that we have at No Ceilings this year. A lot of great draft and NBA content has been pumping out and we got big plans. So um, yeah, follow follow me, follow Tyler. Tyler does fantastic stuff all over the place. And uh, I'm very pumped that draft season is firing away and that we got to do this episode.
0: Couldn't agree more. So, once again, I am your host Tyler Metcalf. You can follow me on Twitter at tmetcalf11. Uh, please make sure to subscribe to No Ceilings Substack at noceilings.substack.com and follow us on Twitter at no NBA. The Substack is completely free. It gets delivered directly to your inbox. You don't have to do anything besides click subscribe for a free newsletter. You have zero excuses. It's free. If you it's want, elite- free. It's elite draft coverage and NBA coverage all season long. What else can you ask for? It's free people. Come on. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to subscribe, leave a review and a five-star rating until next time. See you.